Quiet on set. Rolling. Action. Action. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to another really special end cut episode. Today we don't have the regular movie review, but we also don't have a guest. Today we actually have. I mean, we tried to do this last year, but you you can go back and see how that went. Yeah. We have a <laughs> Halloween special. What? What do do? What do do? What do do? Is that your excitement noise? <laughs> so we actually just came back from trick or treating with my family. Yeah, we did. We went around. We got a lot of candy ourselves as if well. If you want to see what we were for Halloween, you can follow us on Instagram. And caught the podcast. Yep. And you'll see some of the, the good. You want to give the them good. a spoiler of what we wore? Yeah, mm. I guess. I guess. We were Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. Yep. If you don't know what that's from, do better. you have to get cultured. You I'm have sorry. to do better. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so what episode we have today for the special? So because it's Halloween, and Spooky because season. horror and monsters are like my favorite thing in the world, I figured it would be fun to look up the history of horror movies. Mm. Um, kind of what were the beginnings, what films do we see now, and where could the horror film industry go from here? Because mind you... Horror has been around since film was created. Mm-hmm, yeah. uh, one of the very first films um, were kind of scary or fantastical. <laughs> what kind of scary? Um, so I think it's very interesting, and I hope you all are intrigued. Yeah, so take it Should away. So go right into it. <coughs> awesome. So I found this article by... Um, I think it's the New York Film Academy um, that sort of broke it down into these different segments. But I definitely want to start off with George Méliès. I think that's how you say it in <laughs> French. Um, Probably not. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if you remember the movie Hugo. Of course. Yeah, that that's that's George Méliès. Hmm. That's the person. Is Hugo the one with the train? Little boy in, in the train station yeah. with the, the clocks. The classic. <laughs> Yeah, so that was my first introduction to George, but he's been around forever. Um, He created um, the Haunted Castle or the House of the Devil, depending on what translation, um, in 1898, which is widely believed to be the very first horror movie. It contained um, cauldrons, animated skeletons, ghosts, transforming bats, and ultimately the devil as the title suggests. Um, it was only three minutes, but that is kind of actually long if you consider how advanced technology was in the late 1800s. Yeah. Um, and it was the first example of a film to include the supernatural and honestly helped sort of set a precedent, a precedent for what was about to happen in film. So between the years 1900 and 1920, we have what the site called the literary years. And it's basically when, you know, the, the genre of horror in general is very new as well as filmmaking so they wanted to sort of use source material that was already written down to make these movies hence you have a lot of horror movies that are based on books for example frankenstein dr jekyll and mr hyde the famine of the opera um those were books um Mm. turned into movies so that they could sort of i guess practice learn how to actually make a movie using Source material that's already really solid and are classics of literature. I don't want to get day. ahead of myself. Are you going to be talking about the one book writer 
that all movies, all books are turned into movies? Pretty much. Stephen yes. King? Yes, I okay. will be talking about him later on. Um, but with that, you also have, um, so obviously these are all like kind of like silent movies, but as we get more mm-hmm. advanced in technology, we get audio included. <coughs> so we have what they called the golden age of horror, which is mm. the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. I've heard so much about that one, yeah, but I've never too. actually seen it. We have Nosferatu in we 1922. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes actually said that it was their best horror movie of all time. What? And cements just about every surviving vampire cliche. That is true, well. but I don't know if... I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have Frankenstein again. We also have The Mummy. The first color adaptation of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde was in 1931. Um, they go on to say that the 30s marked the first time the word horror was used to describe the genre. Hmm. Previously, it was really just romance melodrama with a dark <gasps> element, which explains what? a lot. I mean, if you're yeah. a fan of the opera specifically... I can there's see like it some in romantic stuff, Frank- especially with Frankenstein, Frankenstein. Yep. Yeah. And then there's this movie Freaks that came out in 1932, which I've heard so much about, and apparently it was so incredibly shocking that it was cut and edited down. Um, and the original 1932 version is now nowhere to be found. <laughs> Apparently. So, I heard so much about it, though. Um, I believe it's surrounding, um, like, the circus and the acts Mm -hmm. that are in the circus. Um, And then we also have the original Dracula in 1931 as well. By the Um, way, if you hear, like, that in the background... There's a five-year-old in this house. It's... I mean, we came from back from trick-or-treating. It's almost 10 p.m. on Halloween day. He needs to go to bed. (laughs) Yeah. So we're trying to get this episode today. <laughs> so then we have what they called the atomic years from the 30s to the 50s. Now, this is when World War II is happening. So obviously, like, a lot is going on already in the world. But with the introduction of, um, what's it called? Nuclear weapons? Mm. That gave a lot of people new ideas about the different monsters that they create. So we have some very interesting movies that came out of this. Um, a lot of stuff in the UK um, was being churned out. In fact, the company Hammer Horror was founded in 1934 in the UK, and it became um, very prolific in the 1950s specifically, and it ended up having a near global dominance thanks to its lucrative distribution deal with Warner and a few other US studios as well. So this studio also made their Frankenstein, Dracula, and the Mummy, because sometimes you know you have to just keep making the same thing if they're successful. <laughs> but you also see the Bride of Frankenstein mm-hmm. uh, appearing in 1935. King Kong, which was 1933, which, have you seen the effects on King Kong? No. They're not great, but they're amazing for the time. I absolutely Did they it. actually do the miniature CD? I believe they did they for did. that one. And then, like, a fake... Like yeah. puppet King Kong, then you have the Invisible Man in 1933, which I'm actually still shocked at how they that. did that. How and the whole like, um, I don't know how they did it. That's the thing. But there's a whole sequence within the Invisible Man because I've never watched the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But it's a part where he's unwrapping like the wrappings, yeah. and there's no body there. And I'm so intrigued about how in 1933 that they did that. <laughs> I still don't have any answers. If anybody knows how they did the effects on that. Let me know, because that's amazing. And we also have Dr. X in 1932 as well. As we move along in the years, we, of course, get Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. Uh, I kind of consider him one of the kings of the horror genre. Especially in this time. He was credited with helping to establish the slasher genre, as we know it Mm. today. The best genre in horror, I think, probably. (laughs) 
Yes, definitely. Um, so with him, you see obviously Psycho and the birds. I think those are the two well-known ones. I can't remember any others off the top of my head. Do you remember any others off the top of your head? No, continue and I'll tell you in a second. Okay. <laughs> but those are the two famous ones, Psycho coming out in 1960, which is arguably one of the best horror movies of all time with the best, if not amazing plot twist at the very end. I'm not going to spoil mm-hmm. it for you. And The Birds in 1963. Vertigo is his. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've heard of Rebecca... No. Strangers or Train, nope. To Catch a tea, nope. a Thief, Dial M for Murder, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Spellbound, Nope, I've heard of Spellbound, uh, no, not anymore than To Pass, to, Topaz, 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 <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> continuing on with the war, um, we see a lot of radioactive mutation in horror films. Um, this is also what is considered sort of the gimmicky years, as the horror movies were not necessarily all that scary mm-hmm. or all that fantastic. So they had a little bit of a gimmick to it. Um, so you, again, you see the Incredible Shrinking Man, and Godzilla is introduced into pop it's just, culture. It's kind of funny this time. that these are considered to be horror. I know, yeah, because when you look at them now, it's like, oh, okay. You also have the Attack of the Fifty Foot Woman in 1958, <laughs> Creature from the Black Lagoon, 1954, um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers in 1956, which I actually have seen. That is one of the best movies I think I've ever seen. It I was think actually you told me about scary. this one. We gotta watch the classic. I think I had to watch it for a class, and I absolutely I loved it. So, yo, this is kind of the thing. I, I mean, uh-huh. some of you know I come from Colombia. We watch what comes out like anybody else in the world, mm-hmm. um, but those classics we don't really get to them all that much. Which, like, is understandable. Yeah. So I haven't seen most of the classics. Mm-hmm. Like Psycho, I just watched like a year ago. Yeah. Uh, all of these, like, I've never seen Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. And I mean, neither have I, but I never actually also yeah. tried to watch it. <laughs> but then, finishing out with the gimmicky, you see The Blob in 1958. Um, and I don't know if I mentioned this, but I also have um, 1954 being the year that Godzilla came out. Um, Disney also did The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad in 1949. My, one of my favorite, <laughs> most... Oh my goodness. Just, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fun fact also, when I looked up the decades, I found a lot of cat people movies within this time period. It is quite scary, and we've seen it till this day. Yes. <laughs> um, the Curse of the Cat People is one of them being in 1944. Cats I have no as idea well, why. being like 2018 or something. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, so you with, with the gimmicky, there was also an attempt at 3D glasses, electric buzzers in the theater seats, and paid actors to scream or pretend to faint so that the film was more scary even though like that would not work today so that's where the Um, that guy's a paid actor (laughs) something like that yeah um there's also a rise in sort of low budget films as Mm -hmm. well that became relatively like the norm in the late 60s um gore became popular uh, for that as well, which didn't seem all that hard to just kill somebody on screen. Yeah. But you see one of my all-time favorite hormones. I gotta tell you a story about this. So, George A. Romero's Night of the Living Dead, 1968. Hmm. I love this movie. And the reason that I love it is when I was a little girl, 
I had a TV in my room, but it was just like a DVD player with like a screen, mm-hmm. right? But then my mom gave me bunny ears. If you know what bunny ears are, <laughs> then I love you. But if you don't, I'm sorry. I don't know how to explain it to you. But I only got like four channels. One of them being a channel that would play old movies. And one day I was scrolling through the four channels trying to find something to watch because I was bored. And I didn't want to go out to the living room where there was more channels. Mm. I found The Night of the Living Dead. It was playing on this was channel. Was it like halfway through? <laughs> something like that. But then I just got hooked i fell in love with it i waited until it told me when the next time it was on so that i could oh like watch goodness. it again so i would come home find the time that it was playing and just turn on my tv and have it playing because <sighs> i was obsessed with it i absolutely love this movie is that kind of the same thing that happened with you and phantom of the opera no phantom of the opera i watched the 2004 version with gerard butler mm. and emmy Rossum. obviously it's been around for much longer that specific version was after um andrew lloyd weber kind of took the film made it more romance instead of horror because yeah. it was originally like a stalker kidnapping-esque yeah, yeah. vibe monster vibe and then it became after he made it into a musical more of a romantic love triangle story my mother purchased the dvd for me because i was interested in it after she told me that one of the songs from the movie slash musical was in her wedding so we watched it together in the living room and then i got hooked and because i had a dvd player tv i love i would watch it all the time Mm. those are your two stories for you (laughs) i mean one of the one kind of one of my stories for one of my favorite horror Mm. movies Uh, it's not as crazy but one day I was also scrolling through channels, mm-hmm. not knowing what to watch. It was kind of the era in which I was transitioning from only Nickelodeon, Disney, and Cartoon Network right. to like still Nickelodeon, Disney, and Cartoon Network, but also History Channel and oh. Ancient Aliens, mm-hmm. Nat Geo, all of those. So I think Cartoon Network, I, I think Disney was like Channel 11, mm. but then history channel was like channel like 56 or something like that mm. so i had to either like tab the number right but sometimes i would just scroll through so i will find things like um boomerang i think was a channel that was like cartoon network uh-huh. kind of owned or something like that um adult swim oh, and, nice. but i'll also go through the ones like fx that plays uh-huh. the movies and right. tnt i like so FX one day i found it was playing a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh. And I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I am intrigued. I stopped and nice. I continued watching. The, I, I literally started. It had started the movie just then. Mm-hmm. So I watched it. It was the one where they're uh, going around uh, on a van. I don't know if they all do. But they're going on like that a hippie van. should be the event. original. Because yeah, I did yeah, watch yeah. that movie. So after that, I watched mm-hmm. like four more because it was a whole marathon <laughs> or I watched as many as I had time uh-huh. for so that was like my story of how I got hooked that's with. great yep. <laughs> I love how we were like at like the tail end of cable TV yeah. culture yeah I don't know many other people below us I mean I was still full-on cable till I came to the US yeah I still had cable in my room up until high school I was to wait for yeah. the novella at 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. right after the news of That's 7. That's how I started watching Twilight because it was on cable yeah. at that time. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, um, so The Night of the Living Dead was only made with $100,000, but it made $30 million wow. at the box office. Um, you also have Rosemary's Baby, which have you ever heard of no. this film? The twist at the end is to die for, babe. You're going to love it. Um, but it's one of the most iconic endings, movie endings of all time. It's amazing. 
And there's also the film um, Eyes Without a Face in 1960, the movie Kill Baby Kill, which the poster looked amazing. I've never seen it or heard of it. 1966, you have The Brides of Dracula, 1960, still going with the classic mm-hmm. horror icons. Yeah. And then The Green Slime, instead of The Blob, it's The Green Slime in 1968. So also, I hope you hear the sizzling of right oil behind us. Being <laughs> if you know Arepa Huevo. Good for you. Get hungry. I'm so excited. Get hungry. (laughs) (laughs) So as we move into the 70s and 80s, horror ends up taking on a new life of its own. It becomes more popular, but it also weirdly also becomes more religious. Mm. I don't know if you noticed this as well, Uh, but the devil became very popular in the Mm. 70s in horror films. You have The Exorcist in 1973, which my mother was terrified of as a child. (laughs) As every child in the 70s mm-hmm. would be. You have The Omen in 1976. You also have Carrie, which is one of the many huh. Stephen King that books that were made in movies. Um, and then continuing on with some more horror, you have The Shining in 1980, mm. which was amazing. I loved that one. We watched that together, remember? We did, yeah. I mean, then, I kind of fell asleep. We both fell asleep towards the end. We woke up to, like, the very tail end yeah, of the movie. Yeah, where people were, like, running and screaming. <laughs> <laughs> then there's The Thing. Have you ever watched The Thing? No. That's, um, they're in, I think, Antarctica, and an alien comes down and starts killing the crew, <laughs> and they're, like, fine. It's, like, alien, but, like, not alien. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it, The Thing is 1982. Poltergeist is also 1982. Mm. Very classic. You also have The Fly in 1986, <gasps> which looks amazing the special effects makeup is incredible (laughs) and it looks so gross and then you also have the an american werewolf in london in 1981 (laughs) um and also they the last two films i just said the fly wait so actually an american werewolf in london wasn't there something about michael jackson's yes i'm gonna mention that yes so the fly and the american werewolf in london had two they both had, like, outstanding special effects um, and probably won awards for them. But the American Werewolf in London in particular, um, I guess, I don't know if Michael Jackson was, like, watching it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that, the model of the wolf was basically used in the Thriller music video with that werewolf sequence at the beginning. If you've never seen it, please Was it do. the same? I in... believe it was the same makeup artist who was doing it. Um, but, yeah. It's been an ongoing thing in our life, like, as of this month, that it's, like, I want to get this look, so I'm going to get the one that made it. <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. And then, of course, you do have Alien as well, which is, I think, very unique of this list because it's definitely yeah. has like a sci-fi horror combination. So I've never actually seen Alien, but I know the connotations mm-hmm. that it has. And actually, it's amazing how it's considered more like horror than sci-fi, even mm-hmm. though it's literally Alien. It's an interesting combo. Yeah, it is an interesting combo. But it does have one of the most iconic special effects. Yeah. I'm not going to say what it is. The one from like... Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) And then, of course, you have the slasher films, a.k.a. the ones that I think have defined us. The good Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 1974. Halloween in 1978. Friday the 13th in 1980, which, fun fact, we watched that at a lake house on the lake. For funsies, and I was paranoid the next day. We also watch Haunted House. Yes, Haunted Mansion. <laughs> um, and then we also have Jaws, 1975. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street, which is 1984, which um, Friday the 13th, Jaws, and Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street um, spawned successful... Nightmare Elm Street. <laughs> they got successful uh, running franchises to this day. Yep. They've made a lot of sequels. Um, they're still popular as well. The issue with horror 
I guess sort of came about as technology kept advancing. Because obviously the practical effects, they they honed in the craft to get mm-hmm. good at it. But then they when weren't doing it. When you bring in CGI and it's already not looking the greatest, that's when you have some issues with horror. Um, it didn't mean that these films were like a success just because they had it. Um, two examples of this is Anaconda in 1997 and mm. Deep Rising in 1998. Um, it was it ended up being comedy that actually helped save the genre to keep it like refreshed. So you have Peter Jackson Brain Dead 1992 and Wes Craven's Scream in 1996. The Scream is such a good movie, and also it's what came so out amazing. of it. Um... Scary, scary movie. movie. Amazing. Amazing, yep. Um, and then you also have The Silence of the Lambs in 1991, which was amazing. You also have the beginnings of the found footage genre. You have The Blair Witch Project in 1999, Paranormal Activity 2007, Cloverfield, which is like a Godzilla-inspired mm-hmm. monster attack uh, 2008. You have Wreck. Have you ever heard of Wreck? No. How have you never heard of Wreck? This is a Spanish news reporter filming a zombie apocalypse to like mm. her audience as like a journalist oh. and this is a uh, 2007 and it looks horrific but yeah you should I totally watch literally it just looked up when you said anaconda it came mm-hmm. to me another movie that i used to watch when i was younger what? that i really liked probably because i wasn't really good at mm-hmm. reviewing movies I just remember that it was a movie that had snakes on a plane. <laughs> Want to know how it's called? What's it called? Snakes on a plane. Wow. I totally 2006. did not see that coming. <laughs> Creativity through the roof. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> um, and you still see the femme footage genre to this day. Mm-hmm. Host being one of them. Yeah. Is it still on Netflix? I think so. If you have not seen Host, go watch, watch it. It's like a it's quarantine so Zoom call vibe. But it's terrifying. It actually scared me so deeply. Mm-hmm. I still remember it to this day. There's also this other one that we watch as, as recommendations. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aterrados, Aterrados in Spanish. It translates to... Uh, terrified. Terrified. Uh, it's an Argentinian <sighs> um, movie also really scary. That movie was so hard to watch. I think it's Because I was Amazon scared video. every second. Yeah. Like, that, that's, that's, that's not even funny. Like, I still get freaked out. That monster that they created for that it's movie... insane. ...stuck in my head. And it's like a monster that moves through the water. were amazing. Jump scares? Yeah. Amazing. I believe like, it's on Amazon Prime Video. So, if you yeah. haven't seen it, you probably haven't seen it, but Dude, you should. Dude, if you want to be scared beyond belief, yeah. watch that movie. Because I still have nightmares sometimes about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but continuing on, <laughs> the the article goes on to say about how the genre itself kind of limped along without much fanfare in the 2000s, save for like a few box office successes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the zombie subgenre, however, hmm. kind of sprang to unlife <laughs> uh, during the 2000s. And a lot of like unprecedented successes came out of it. So you have Resident Evil 2002, mm-hmm. 28 Days Later 2002, Dawn of the Dead 2004, Land of the Dead 2005, <laughs> I Am Legend 2009, Zombieland 2... Oh, wait. I Am Legend 2007, Zombieland 2009... And Let the Right One In, 2008, which I think they just made another one. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, as we get into the present day, I have seen a lot of remakes and reboots. There's another yeah. Halloween movie that just came out. Halloween ends. Um, but there's there's some good ones. There's a resurgence Smile. of... Sh- there's, a, <laughs> there's a resurgence of what is called, quote-unquote, torture porn, 
aka Saw franchise, hostile, oh, yeah. just a lot of gore, a lot really of violence. Really difficult to watch, but that's why you watch it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, and obviously that, that's been popular for a while, but it just mm-hmm. it gets even more gross as, as people get effects even yeah. better. Um, you also have Cabin in the Woods 2012, which has kind of been heralded as like the this decade's like scream like that like interesting dynamic there the babadook which i think is still on netflix came out 2014 that one's from a book as well i think so it's an australian film amazing it was like a psychological thriller those are also a girl walks home alone at night 2014 and of course we have jordan peele um, with yeah. the, the three films he's come out with, Get Out 2017, Us 2019, and Nope 2022. We have a review of Nope in our channel. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Yes, please. Uh, as far as what the future of horror is going to look like, um, the article kind of remarks how there's like more subgenres of horror films mm-hmm. than many other genres like combined. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it can be kind of difficult to sort of expand in a truly original way. Mm-hmm. Um, but you really never know what's going to come. Some new movies that are about to come out that I've seen a lot is Megan, which is being promoted a lot on TikTok, which is about an AI doll that goes berserk Hmm. after it's given to a child. This is releasing January 6th, 2023. We have Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, a new slasher film with the Winnie the Pooh characters, which is releasing on November 4th. We may or may not review (laughs) it. I don't know. Um, there's also a new Haunted Mansion movie that they're making from Disney on August 11, 2023, and a new, um, I don't know if you heard of, like, the Evil Dead French franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's an Evil Dead Rise coming out April 21st, 2023. So, it's kind of a little mix of everything. I'd like to yeah. see more robots, definitely. I think AI is a yeah. great subject. What What about you? Is there anything other I things I feel like, like right see? now, I mean, my favorite director being uh, Guillermo del Toro yeah. with his scary, scary stories to tell in the dark. Is that Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, amazing uh, miniseries that you should mm-hmm. definitely watch? Cabinet uh, of Curiosities for that one. Uh, and now he just came up with another miniseries that we actually are about to start watching tonight. Ah. Um, what was the name of it? I just said it. Oh. Cabinet of Curiosities. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, the runner-up for my favorite director, Jordan Peele, mm-hmm. uh, he's doing great with, like, kind of, like, cultural horror slash mm-hmm. public common horror. Like, that kind of stuff that really taps into actual issues of society, but bringing right. them to extremity. Mm-hmm. And it's all very unique. It really like, is. I don't think I've ever seen a film anything yeah. like this. By the way, Guillermo del Toro is, like, fantastic horror. Like, not necessarily anything. Yeah. It's more, like, kind of out of this world. Not in an yeah. alien sense, but out of, like, a... Just, like, myths and legends. Yeah, like, say. Lord of the Rings-esque monsters yeah. and that sort of like thing. Like, if you've seen Pan's Labyrinth, you know what mm-hmm. I mean. It's more like those tales that um, right. our ancestors... I mean, he's Mexican. Mm-hmm. So this actually makes a lot of sense that he's telling tales that um, your grandpa will tell you uh, really late at night. Right. Um, Mm-hmm. stories that have been passed down of like the duendes and stuff like that mm-hmm. he talks about fairies so all of these different things is what Guillermo del Toro is bringing into horror-esque right. movies mm-hmm. and, which I really appreciate and Jordan Peele like I mentioned just like really unique uh, yeah. stuff that he's coming up with so I want to see more of that honestly mm-hmm. and I want to I want to see other directors being inspired by it I'm definitely at myself um, so I'm seeing it's such like a fun genre yeah it really yeah. is I think horror is like the genre that most people love mm-hmm. right now 
comedy was for a long time, but I think right now, if you ask anybody what their favorite genre is, um, eight out of ten people are gonna say horror. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. The people that don't say horror is because it's probably just too scary for them. Right. Not because it's actually mm-hmm. a bad movie, you know? Yeah, and the horror <laughs> genre, like, it encompasses such a wide umbrella mm-hmm. of subgenres that, like, you can still find something that you like within it, mm-hmm. you know? And there's some really great ones. There's some really great classics. There's some really great new ones coming out. I mean, a couple I've movies... so many good things about Smile, so... Yeah. A couple movie series that I, like, adore is one that you don't want to watch, and The Perch. I think it's a great kind of horror that mm-hmm. is like it's not really anything fantastic out of this world. It's something that, uh, I mean, kind of more realistic per se. Yeah. But then also Final Destination. Yeah. Oh, Final Destination freaks me it's out. It's so scary. My parents love it. Yeah. But it's just such a scary movie. I mean, scary movies. It's like it's just enough of like a fantastical plot line. Yeah. Where you're like, okay, this is fake. But it could happen. But like, it, it also has inspired a lot of other movies, uh-huh. aka, like, It Follows. Yeah. I mean, you can kind of tell mm-hmm. that It Follows goes off a of final destination with the whole thing of, like... You're passing on Either you die or you're passing mm-hmm. to someone else for them to die. Yeah, definitely. And, like, the kills just keep getting better. Yeah. They're really advancing in their kills. So, actually, the director of the program, the filmmaking program at our school, um, he's an indie filmmaker... His name is Matt Nash, and he's got a movie out. And well, coming out. No, no, he's got Walk Away already oh, out. It's true. a horror mm-hmm. movie. It's pretty good. And then he's also got a Abaddon's Pit that's coming out. Hopefully, I mean, we have a couple things coming up, uh, thanks to him. So we'll, we'll talk more about that when they come, maybe well, next maybe week or so. Maybe we can have so. him on to talk about both Yeah, but sure. maybe we'll have him and take his input, because I know he loves horror and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And maybe he can tell us... I mean, he does horror right now. Like he just finished a horror film, so maybe he sort can tell of. us a li- yeah. yeah. He can tell mm-hmm. us a little bit of how horror is being made when you're actually yeah. in a studio, and I think that will be pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I like horror. I mean, Halloween. You you don't need to be in Halloween to watch horror, mm. and I feel like sometimes Halloween is not really associated with the horror genre. Right. It's more like with the spooky. Which is not really horror or it's scary. It's like Disney level yeah, horror. Exactly. <laughs> That's what you're aiming for. So eh, any time of the year, horror is a great thing to do. That's what I love about it. Yeah. You get new stuff all the time. So. But that's what we wanted to do it for a Halloween mm-hmm. special because we're here being spooky. Yeah. <laughs> if you have any movies that you think we should totally watch, you should totally put it in the comments. Any classics because I have seen most of them. Yeah, I'd love to know what you, what you guys think your favorite horror movie yeah. is. Like I mentioned, like I mentioned, mine is in Chainsaw, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, uh, please give us five stars if you're listening to this once again. If you liked it, give us five stars. Um, and share you said with, the same thing twice. Yes. And share it with someone else. Maybe they love horror. Maybe they hate horror. Maybe we can help them bring them into this world of horror that is so <laughs> amusing. <laughs> and that has been it for us. You can follow us at Incot the Podcast on Instagram. And you can follow me at Sebas Alip on Instagram. And you can follow me at Kate Johnston62 on Instagram as well. Thank you so much for being here one more night spooky night I hope you have a great start of November with the holidays I'm so excited guys Christmas starts tomorrow I don't know what anybody says I don't care Christmas starts in 
Christmas starts tomorrow, so we'll see you on, on Christmas. Bye. We'll wake up with a jingle jingle. Yes. <laughs> That's it from us. And, and cut. cut.